Hey, Riley here. Just want to give you a heads up that this is a spicy episode, and so we will be talking about sexually explicit content. Listener's discretion is advised. Uh, we're just talking about the Never Kid. By Nikki Synchro. Very, very lovely book series, which is basically a retelling of, well, not retelling, but a a future story of Peter Pan and them. The Never King. Book one in the Vicious Lost Boys series. We start out with a scene with Winnie and a, I believe, the quarterback of the high school football team. Yeah, basically they're just going at it in the back of his car and she talks about how she just looks for sex and she's never satisfied and basically just trying to fill a void. And that's really the only description we have of her in the beginning is she's sad and likes sex. Yeah. It's basically the only thing that kind of makes her feel anything, basically. That kind of feel. Which we find out why. Because when she goes home, her mom is delusional and talking about Peter Pan and Lost Boys and Neverland and how they're going to kidnap her and all of this stuff. And this delusion's been going on her whole life. And they've lived in 19 different homes. And her mom's done all this crazy shit to protect her from Peter Pan. Because on their 18th birthday, she's supposed to get kidnapped. Winnie is the third generation, I believe, of this whole thing. Mary being the past one that was taken up. And it affected her greatly to the point where she's kind of gone crazy. It's kind of one of those things where Winnie is sticking around for her mom because her mom needs help, if anything. Yeah, she she really can't take care of herself. She's lost it. Uh, she's burned... She's talked to witches and priests mm-hmm. and burned runes in her daughter's back. And on her, the night before her 18th birthday, her mom even locks her in a room to try to protect her from Peter Pan. And when he just thinks she's batshit crazy, plain and simple. Yeah, she's been thinking that basically all these are just, as most of us would think, fairy tales. And like, her mom's sick is basically what she thought. Yeah. But then midnight comes around and the lights go off and all this shit happens and someone breaks into the room and there's peter pan and he fucking looks at her mom and goes how are you doing mary like he knew her (laughs) and it's at that moment that i he grabs winnie basically as like the you know basically the deal if i'm not mistaken is kind of what he kind of alludes to and she passes out from something Uh, I don't know if it's, like, shock or, like, when they're starting to travel. Because at one point he actually says, like, this darling isn't well. Because Mm. she's thin and frail and just, he's magic. So, you know, he can kind of sense it. So they basically are flying all the way back to Neverland. And they make it back to the treehouse. Which is basically the main, main living quarters for Pan and all the other lost boys that are on the island. Specifically, uh his three compatriots two of which Cass and Bash who are sitting in the kitchen you know uh, awaiting a new arrival basically uh, Cass and Bash are twins from what they're they're kind of dark skinned a little bit I, from what I understand I don't know if uh, it actually describes it but that's the vibe I got and they're fae they're supposed to be an allusion to uh, the twins that are actually in the Lost Boys crew it's kind of cool but they one of them Cass has his 
a longer set of hair kind of like kind of drooped around the shoulders that kind of he usually has up in a bun while bash has his hair cut shorter both tatted to the skins like a lot of these guys in my head are all tatted. they all are so it's it's just a lot of like runic symbols or like a lot of tribal tattoos it looks like very two strapping older gentlemen well not older gentlemen they're about maybe mid-20s is what i usually got at yeah and they're there when pan drops winnie off and you know, he's like, you know, remember, we do not fuck the darlings. But then she wakes up the next day and Cass and Bash are there and she tries seducing them. And that's when she kind of learns the personalities where Cass is more gentle, more kind, more forgiving, just the lighter of the two. And Bash, he's angry and violent and tougher. And it's I think Bash even like says it at a certain point where it's like Cass is kind of more of a fatherly kind of type basically he's more of the father of the three of the basically the small group that is mm-hmm. going on there and, and it's kind cooks. of felt that way <laughs> he cooks bash is a cook and so they're both amazing uh they both like nuts too that's a later thing that's pointed out but they basically are watching her at a certain point and winnie tries to seduce them yeah and that's when she kind of figures out the characters and she realizes that's just not really working. She can tell their frustrations and whatever. So they give up and they let... And she's chained. So they unchain her and they take her down into like the common area. And that's where she meets Vane. Who is Ugh. this yes. being who has a dark shadow in him. The death shadow. And he's just yeah. grumpy and brooding. And he's just not really who you'd want to be around and he always has this little side piece essentially named cherry around him and she's obsessed with him she wants him that's all she wants that's all she cares about like that's her god and vane is described as kind of a i would say like six foot one maybe tall dude built built he he has a distinct feature of like one eye is like solid black while the other one is like a violet and that comes from the death shadow and the damage that happened when he got it. Yeah, because he has scars on him and all that. But he's also tatted to the nine. Yeah, one of the first things he tells her is do not run. Yeah, it's specifically told do not try to fucking run because you won't get away. Yeah, and then Cherry does something and pisses him off. So he uses his power, which is inflicting pain and terror. And... You know, makes Cherry run off, but when he's like, what the fuck? Like, she could feel it, but not directly. And that's when we're like, oh, shit. Mm. Mm. That suck. <laughs> but <laughs> later on, Pan, I believe, joins them and then takes Winnie down to the beach. Yeah, he, they just kind of, like, show her around a little bit, and then it's nighttime again. So they chain her up and leave her in her room and... No, she's still playing this, I need us to do something to get out. And she figured out that Bash might be the weakest in that sense. Because he he showed the most, like, irritation and, like, lip biting and sweating when she would try to seduce him. So she breaks him down and eventually fucks her. This scene, it's kind of a, it's a weird release because, one, it's kind of, it was one of the questions I had. I was like, who who was going to break first? And obviously it was going to be Bash. Vane seemed too uptight. Cass seemed to like kind of listen to the rules and then Pan set the rules. Bash seemed the, the most likely to go against all of this. 
Um, Which so, wasn't Winnie's first thought. She originally thought she could break Cass. If I'm not, I'm trying to remember back to the scene of what specifically happened. It was kind of one of those things where she str- straddles him. No, she, she's like, she's not able to move. She's chained. And he actually straddles her and she's like, come on, like you want it, blah, blah, blah. Just do what you want to do. Like, please, please, like begging. He goes at it. Wall being involved. <laughs> and then Pan walks in. And Basher's like, shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, no, finish. And he watches. Yeah, pulls out a cigarette, takes a drag from it, goes over and sits in a, like, a leather couch and just kind of watches. And this is one of the things that just happened consistently. Of Pan just likes to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it seems like all of them do, in a way. Vane, maybe a little bit, like, not as much as the others, but it's definitely one of Pan's greater things is voyeurs. Yeah, and then that, this is also when Winnie realized she liked being watched. So then after Bash finishes, you know, she, like, just touches herself, and Pan's like, uh-uh. So he goes and gets her off. Basically asserting dominance on to... Well, I'm wondering, if anything, if it's one of those things where it's those first steps that Winnie had gotten into her claws, basically, into him to, like, break all that, which is... It felt so interesting, that kind of, like, switch dynamic. It's like, okay... Well, and I think at this point, she's still trying to find a way out. So she's like, well, I can fuck my way out, you know? But then next morning, you know, she goes down to the kitchen and Vane's giving Pan shit. Like, we're not supposed to even touch the darlings. Like, what the fuck? And all of that. So they have Cherry bring her breakfast. And poor Cherry. <laughs> it was one of those things where once Cherry was introduced, I was like, oh, this is this is an interesting little one. And Cherry's described as kind of like, uh, kind of petite, but also redheaded. I feel like sh- her name is exactly how she looks. Like Yeah, you- it kind of describes her character perfectly. <laughs> but at the same time, it's when Winnie and Cherry are talking on her bed, um, Winnie is like, okay, what do you get out of all this? Like, what, what do you want? And Cherry's, like, kind of, like, timid about it and all that. And she just brings up, it's like, oh, you know, I want Vane. And that's how we really that's know. It. It's like, oh, okay. She's she's not as innocent as she puts on. Because Vane is very, very dominative. And so it's like, oh, oh. Uh. And that's one of the moments where I was like, I like Cherry. Cherry's really oh, I cool. I okay, stand her. <laughs> I, uh, she's fucking annoying. I like it. It's like you fucking see but this moment too is where Winnie got all of her information she found out about the shadows like Pan doesn't have his and that's why he's in his tomb and Mm -hmm. Vane's is from a different island and learns about the different islands Tilly is like the fey queen and that's actually Cass and Basha's sister and like Mm -hmm. she got any and all information she could ever need in this moment Really good info dubbed by the author of like Cherry being just spilling the, the tea on everything. It's like okay, cool. Yeah, it's like Cherry being the Cherry be spilling the tea on everything. It's like awesome, Cherry. Cool. <laughs> Vane's gonna be taking out his punishment later. Well, and then we also learn. Um, I don't remember who from, not from Tilly, but it's like that same day or year, whatever. Like the next bit that they use Tilly to actually break into the minds of the darlings to try to find where Pan's shadow is. Mm -hmm. And that she has like 
guards, um, one called the Brownie, and it's just this. I think it's from the Brownie's perspective, because I know there's a chapter yeah. called the Brownie. Yeah. So we kind of, like, see it from the Brownie's perspective when they are meeting the Queen. And they kind of, like, do another info dump of, like, that's how, like, she gets she gets into the mind of the Darlings, pries around, and basically tries to figure out where the Pan Shadow is. And they haven't been successful for fucking generations. True. Um, And then that evening or whatever, there's a party going on, and the twins introduce Winnie to fairy wine. And it's, like, it's not like nothing else, basically. It's the greatest. And they go out to the beach... And Winnie being witty, you know, she just kind of wants to fuck around and kind of test where she's sitting with everyone, essentially. And there's Lost Boys, just random people from the island there, and she ends up kissing one of them because Cherry's, like, making out with another. So she sits on the lap of one and kisses him. Meanwhile, Vane is basically, he he's in this moment being a kind of a snitch and <laughs> saying, hey, like... Winnie's downstairs drunk kissing another fuck. lost boy, a drunk as hell, and Pan's like, "What?" And there's a moment where basically Bane is like, gives Pan shit. It's like, why? Do, why does it matter? Like the rule only applies to us, not them. Mm-hmm. Basically, so why does it matter? Like if she's doing all that, Vane basically grills Pan at any point that he can, and it's very much a brotherly dynamic. Yeah, I was just about to say love. that. <laughs> Like, the love and hate and the way they bicker, it's very brotherly. It's so brotherly. (laughs) But once, like, the sun basically is able to set below the horizon and Pan's able to go out there, he storms out there with, like, the fury of a thousand hells, (laughs) uh, sees Winnie, pulls Winnie off the Lost Boy's chest, throws her to Vane, and then just, with every, like, ounce of his being, just clenches up his fist, plows his hand through the lost boy grabs onto his heart and pulls it out and just blood goes splurting everywhere in a bloodbath <laughs> well you know when he was scared she screams but like she wasn't necessarily phased by it she was kind of stunned but also kind of turned on because it was very much so like touch her and you die vibes which yes, really got her is, going it really got her going and basically the party is broken up by this pan drags Winnie back to the dining room area of the treehouse. It's like, fine, you want to act you like wanna a whore, be you a, get you. treated. Yeah, you, you act like a whore, you get treated like one. Uh, and he bends her over the dining room table and just has her way, has his way with her. Like, full on. Well, and the twins are sitting there, Van sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like, he just goes at it. And once he finishes, Bash goes, can I? So then it's his turn, and he goes, come on, brother, want to join? So then she's getting fucked by Bash while giving Cass head. If anything, it's more like Cass taking head. Yeah. Because it's they're very, very rough with her, and she likes it a lot. And just knowing that also Pan's watching, and she's still, like at this point, still really wanting Bane. And so once Bash... Bash and Cass, oh my god, saying them in the same sentence mm-hmm. with, like, fucking... Ugh. Once they finish, basically, with her, she well, crawls over to Not Vane even and... that yet. The twins get off at the same time. Oh, yeah. What kind of weird, fucked up twinnery is that? <laughs> and this uh, isn't the only time this happens in the series. No, it happens multiple times. And it's just one of those things, like, oh... Clearly, they're twins, I guess. Cool. Awesome. Like, it's their thing. Uh, magic. Like, I would... Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. 
And so Winnie, now wanting basically all of them, tries her to get her way with Vane. And Vane, being the assertive dominance that he is, <laughs> and just spits. He's like, fine then. And just spits in her mouth. And she's like, are you fucking kidding but me? she's not expecting it because he goes to open up. So she's just assuming, like, he's going to fuck her mouth. No. He spits. It's like, yes. <laughs> but then Yes, Vane. Well, and a- she storms off mad and everyone's like, God, Vane, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? But she says, I am no longer lost. I think I might have finally been found. Yeah, she she basically loves every minute of this. and It was a big pivotal moment where it went from it I'm is. a captor to I'm living my best life. <laughs> it's like one of those things like, oh my god, like, this is kind of what she's always wanted is like a place that where she's like the pinnacle of like, and every boy wants her and like, they're all like hunking men who just like only want to get her off. Like she's loving this shit. Well, and she finds them all super attractive too. Like mm-hmm. it's not like she has to settle at all. <laughs> exactly. Cause all of them want her and she can have all of them basically is what she's now has locked in her head. So after all that, she goes off to bed, I think, with the twins and like they kind of like yeah, cuddle up next to her. Because Pan doesn't want her to run off. <laughs> so Pan and Vane basically go out because Vane's like, you want to go kill some people? And Pan's like, fuck yeah. They go basically take a walk to Darlington Port and like a bar that's in that area. They walk in and just they pick out two guys basically. And throughout this entire walk to Vane is still giving Pan shit. Being like, oh, so fucking darlings are now, are we? And like, just consistently like, being pushing his buttons of like, oh, so we're just breaking rules now. Like, that's cool, awesome, no problem. Lots of sass from Vane. I love it. My man. <laughs> but then, like the next morning, when he wakes up, she's sore, but she's happy, and the twins are there, and they teach her how to like clean fish, and she's like, oh, like this is what you guys do, and. We get a little insight into like the twins and they talk about their sister and what, that they don't have their wings and they killed their father and we just get like a cute little moment between the three of them and at a certain point i think it's bash or no it's Cass who brings up it's like oh yeah and we're like fey princes basically mm-hmm. winnie know hearing this is like oh i'm fucking fey princesses what a fucking charm like she's just now even more excited to know this and then you know she's done helping with the fish and she wants to go find vane because she's still kind of pissed off and he's in the library reading frankenstein i believe you know because why wouldn't he be <laughs> yes, i hate it once they were like oh yeah vane's a reader it's like i hate you guys <laughs> of course you're gonna make him that brilliant bastard archetype of like being really like evil kind of like deep down but there's something about him that everyone loves it's like uh god damn it Vane. well and then it's so funny because when he's alone like he let her like sit on his lap you know he was like fucking around like with her chest then covering her mouth because he ends up using his powers so he completely mutes her so she can't scream and he gets her like right to the edge and then he stops because he's like i don't want to break you like what did he say i'm not gonna make you my pretty little exactly yeah exactly i wrote that down because i was like oh god damn it (laughs) 
damn it. Well, it's like he cares, just, but he won't come off like he does. This man will flip on a dime, and I love it. Uh. I think we're both in love with Bane. He is so fun. It's uh, this. We talk about it in the Fourth Wing series. How I love Xander because it's like one of those things. Like, oh, he's so fucking cool. <laughs> this is just another one of those things. It's like, God damn it! Why does he have to be so fucking cool? Ugh, I want to be vain. For real, though. Not to mention, how, like his eyes are also like a huge thing I love about characters in general. That's my own little thing. But after all this, uh, Pan wakes up from his tomb and finds Winnie in the library kind of reading a book I don't think it's ever mentioned what book she's reading but she's kind she's of like not really you know, reading it she's holding Frankenstein and he's like into the classics are we Pan is basically like come on let's let's go for a walk they and they head down to the lagoon and I wrote a note in here I'm wondering is this where she, lagoon gives her the black seashell or whatever it is or so. the black rock and there's a whole like moment here where Pan's basically explaining to her it's like yeah you know I brought Mary down here because she was like crying like non-stop and the you know lagoon sometimes has like healing properties it can have healing properties well and it changed mary for the like it it helped yeah it did and it's kind of a one of those softer moments it's like oh pan has a soft side too cool awesome Mm -hmm. fucking god damn it so a big reason why he took her to the lagoon was because tilly was on her way so he wanted her to kind of like feel okay and be ready for that um, so when they get back to the treehouse, you know, Tilly comes, they get everything ready, and Tilly starts working her magic, and it's when he just screams and screams because of the pain, and every one of the boys is having a hard time with it. Cass even wants to step in to stop, but as he goes to do so, Vane steps in and stops it. He basically just, like, God. scoops her up, takes her to his room, it just cuddles with her all night. Like, no sex, just right. cuddling. Not even it's like, like groping, like literally just cuddling. And I wrote in the notes in the outline, God damn it, Vane, you fucking black knight, you asshole. Yes. Why did, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like Vane, of, if anything, is like the most protective of all of them. It's like... Oh, well, it's because I think he has the power to be able to do so. Exactly. But no one ever checks on him. True. It's... It's... Uh, He's, I love Vane in this, uh, but yeah, he basically stops the entire thing, takes her back to his room, like checks on her. And there's like a moment where like, when he's like, I'm, I'm stronger than you make me out to be. Mm-hmm. And Vane says the line, even the mighty Oak believes she is strong until a man comes along and chop her down. And I was like, God damn it. This man can even spout off fucking quotes off the top of his head. Right. Ah! <laughs> like maybe there's a reason he's... why he's so lonely and he just like, yeah he loves the library like that's his comfort place like i feel like that's his space whereas like the twins have like the kitchen and pan has like his tomb but like his space is the library yeah it's where he's most comfortable and kind of like where he's most able to put his shadow at ease and all that it's and just to know that he's also doing this kind of out of protection of when he's like, hey, is everything okay? And so they sleep it over the night. But during the night, Winnie has this dream of seeing this glowing being and like some other woman like in a corner, like huddled up next to a trunk. Well, and she described this thing as like almost looking like Tilly, but more gold, glittery, and 
almost had a darker energy to her. And it was her great Wendy's trunk, so her great-grandmother's trunk she saw, and she was putting a smaller box inside of it. At that point, Winnie wakes up, and is li- and she kind of, I think she's still with Vane, and she wakes up Vane. It's like, Vane, I think I know where Pan's shadow is. And so they run over to Pan's room, where I think he's already awake. He's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, sitting in the t- corner, like, in the shadows, like, dark and brooding. And she walks up to him and is like, hey, like, I... I believe I know where your shadow is. Like, also, like, who's this glowing, like, chick? He's like, oh, that was Tinkerbell. Which <laughs> and I killed we her. also learn um, is the twins' mother. Yes. And that Pan so, killed her by saying, I don't believe in fairies. Because it's put it onto her in the previous chapter, like, a one of the previous chapters where it's her and Vash kind of, like, or her and Cass, actually, like, talking or something like that. And she co- he covers her mouth saying, She's about to say, I don't believe in fairies. And, like, it's one of the, it's a, one of the original lines from the play that, like, yes. is used to kill and or, like, kill fairies. It's like, oh, wow, they still are pulling those, like, little bits and pieces from everywhere. And then it's like, there are little bits and pieces of the original story here that are still really quality. Just so funny. But it's so cool. But they basically start heading back to Maruna's Rock and are like, let's go. Like, we're going to we're gonna head back home. They jump off Maruna's Rock and... At this point of the, like, entire book, this is kind of where it starts to speed up a little bit and, like, kind of get to the end real quickly. Um, They basically head back home. Mary is, like, I think in a quarter huddled next to a trunk. Meanwhile, the brownies are already there because Tilly did provide the information she needed, which was that there's something in that trunk back in Mary's, like, basement. Boys arrive with Pan and Winnie in tow. uh, And fight ensues. Uh, Pan just basically rips... Pan and Vane and... The lot, uh, Bash and Cash will just rip this entire squadron apart. Uh, Winnie bre- walks up to Mary. It's like, what's it like? Do you have, let me see the trunk mom, like gets into the trunk, finds the little box she saw in the dream and basically brings it to Pan. And is like, this is, this is where they're at. Mary kind of is like, you know, go with them. Like I, they'll probably protect you. And like, she, Mary basically understands like, yeah, go with the lost But boys, she only though. feels that way because she sees the twins. Which was so precious, and she said something like, can you bring back, like, the cloudberry pancakes or something? Like, she's just so sad and broken. Yeah. It's one of those things that I was thinking in the back of my, I think I made a note in the book, or in Audible, saying, like, is mom gonna go with with them? And it's like, no. I don't think she would have survived it. Exactly. It's it's one of those things. Like she kind of has to stay behind, mm-hmm. which sucks because you know she's not all there. So. Yeah, but but hey, maybe now she, now she'll something will come out of it because they open up the box because Pan's like hell yeah, my fucking shadow. Yeah, but two shadows jump out, and that's the and end then book of the book. And, and then it's like oh god damn it, did we just get fucking blue balls? What the hell? Like, let me see. Uh. The uh, last just, it literally ends on that is this is it this is what i've been waiting for i push open the lid and two shadows leap out and it's like oh god damn it and then we're on to book two. excuse uh, me dark princes it's like i it's one uh, like it's it, we get blue balls so many times in this goddamn series which is honestly fitting so many times it's so fitting but this book was so so interesting as a first book in this entire thing 
and like all the little bits and pieces that were from the original tale were so like well placed it's like okay i see it now well but it's not apparent. And it was a good introduction because like it wasn't terribly spicy it was a lot of story building but there was enough mm-hmm. spice that you knew it was just gonna get spicier as the books go on the sex scenes are just so it's bash got the most of it and it's like god wow okay right one of the like side characters not even the main character right and then winnie in general as a character is the way that there's a moment when she's like discussing something with or she's like having like memories of something and memories of like a past neighbor neighbor who i have a theory for later books that i'm going to explain later that i forget her name but she basically say it's sandra sandra something like that it's duh something it's let me see if i can find it i wish i had wrote it down but she basically remembers this neighbor saying oh you know i'm gonna make seven figures and winnie's like kind of asks her like oh how would you do that and it's from her her neighbor that she kind of learns like oh you know i'm gonna just use my body to get what i want from all these men because you know if you use those kind of like you know that part of you you know they'll cripple no matter what they'll fall to your their knees and basically get give you all that they want and she kind of like uses this to kind of like push herself through all these different experiences and gets her to um the kind of like to give her that control because it's kind of one of those things that at a certain point in the book Winnie is Winnie has more control over these boys than what they think that she does Starla and she was a prostitute but it pretty much like raised her her mom didn't like Starla but Winnie liked Starla and it's like kind of one of those motivations that she had in the back of her head that kept her going through this entire experience yeah it really helped her I think survive until the moment she realized this was where she was supposed to be. And then, like, all the small little bits of, like, the original lore. Like, it took me a while until I think the end of this, the or, like, somewhere in the middle of the second book, that I was like, oh, Tilly's just a compressed version of Tiger Lily. Mm-hmm. And all the Fae and all that are just supposed to be the Indians from the original tale. I was like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's really And that's kind of why I think that, like, it is really cool because, like, the fact that they are kind of going with a fey kind of dynamic of, like, oh, Tinks, like, has the entire culture there. Like, there's a whole society. There's, like, three societies that live on Neverland. It's the pirates, the fey, and then the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. And it's there. There's not really warring, but it's clear that Tilly wants more power in a way or wants something. Pirates aren't really brought up much in this book they'll be brought up more in the next book really a lot more but it's kind of like one of those things like they're around and we know that cherry's from that side of the island too and there's a part of the her introduction and her talking to winnie that she slips over a line where she's like my i mean they uh are just you know they're rambunctious bunch or something like that and it's like oh wait then Winnie picks up on of like, oh, well, because she drops hook, but she's yeah, but she doesn't mention what we find out in the second. What one. we know, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think that's really it because everything else, like, it really leads into the second one, and the second one gets nice and spicy. Yeah, the first book really sets up everything. It's really the introduction to all like what we should know about like Neverland at this point like what's going on you know why 
you know, they're still taking darlings back to Neverland. Why Vane's there? Why the Fae Princes are there? Second book kind of knocks those pins over of like, oh, this is what's happening. And it's like, here's this, this, this. It starts to become more like, I, the second book is, I think, no, what did I say? I think it was the second book is my favorite in the series. Or is it third? You, One of the two. It's just good. Yeah. It's so good. Throughout the book, I was wondering where Tink is. And it's like, oh, Tink's dead. Cool. No problem. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll talk with you in the next part. Bye.